Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Hey, everybody. Good morning. My name is Cole. Uh, The last several weeks we've been in a series called um, Learning the Heartbeat of God. And we've been focusing in on hearing God's voice. Last week and the week uh, before that, Ryan has been talking about what it means to hear the voice of God or to experience God and who his character is. Um, Last week he talked to us about seeing God in the person of Jesus. And this week I wanted to kind of take a pause in that and just talk about this bigger idea of hearing the voice of God. Share a little bit of my experience with that. Look at some examples in scripture where people are in this journey of learning to hear the voice of God and what that means and how it happens and the ups and downs of experiencing that phenomenon of hearing the voice of God. And really my hope today is that we would look at the state of our hearts in that process. Maybe you've been walking with God for a long time. Maybe it's been a short time. Um, But it's like walking with God is this continual ongoing process of checking in of how are we posturing ourselves in our relationship with God? How are we seated in the midst of that relationship? How are we looking at it? How are we viewing it? How are we experiencing it? And I think we have a tendency sometimes to go in and out of even desiring to be in relationship with God, even desiring to pursue that relationship. And today I want us to look at this, that sensitivity gives us a soft heart to keep listening. It can be wonderful and it can hurt. And sensitivity is the thing I want us to focus in on today as we think about this idea of hearing the voice of God. And whether or not I feel like I hear God clearly or whether or not I feel like it's one of the greatest challenges of my life, how am I posturing my heart in the middle of that? Am I hardening my heart? Am I walking away or putting my hands up? Or am I living in a place of sensitivity and tenderness? recognizing that being in a place of sensitivity is a vulnerable position. And it can be wonderful, and it can allow us to have the most wonderful experiences with God or in human relationships, the most wonderful experiences with the people around us. But moving into a place of vulnerability can also lead us to risk pain in our lives. And so how do we navigate this relationship with God? How do we posture ourselves in the process of learning to listen? And how do we deal with the ups and downs? And I just want to start by allowing us to open our hands and put ourselves in a place of softness and vulnerability. So just go ahead and close your eyes. And just take a deep breath. And Lord, as we breathe today, as we breathe in and we breathe out, we recognize our place here in this time, at this moment. Here we are before you. God, we want to be in a sensitive place today. 
Because we know that sensitivity is the thing that allows us to hear you. I want to give you some open space right here to think on this question. Do you feel like you can hear the voice of God clearly, or is it a struggle for you? And whatever the response of that is, be honest before God about it right now. In this place of sensitivity, vulnerableness, tenderness, let's just tell God that either we're super grateful for how clearly we hear him, or that sometimes, maybe even now, we feel like it's a struggle for us. And God, in the honesty of this moment, and the honesty of our confessions, God. We ask that you would honor our hearts. You would honor our openness to you here now in this place today. That we would be able to breathe easy that we would be able to experience the care that you have for us. And God, that if even just for this moment, we would feel a little bit closer. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when it comes to this idea of hearing God, when I started thinking about it in the last few weeks, and you can go ahead and pull that music down, <laughs> uh, or I can continue to talk and it'll be exceptionally cinematic and I hope I make you cry. <laughs> when I started thinking about that idea, um, I, I was looking at these moments of experiences that I've had when it comes to the idea of hearing God. And, one of the first things that I went back to just in my memory was being in ninth grade, having just started high school, being in that time of life where you're like kind of stepping into your own, where you're having your own thoughts and own ideas and your own life to some degree. Um, and one of our youth pastors at the church I was growing up in was forming a group of like ninth grade guys and we were going to meet before uh, high school started, and high school starts at like 7 o'clock in the morning, so it was like 6 o'clock, we're all going to show up at the Panera, or the, uh, the Einstein bagels. I didn't eat cream cheese at the time, so I'd always get a blueberry bagel with butter on it, and Einstein loves butter, like so much butter. So that was like every, you know, Wednesday or whatever, that was my, my breakfast, and we'd show up, and um, our, our youth pastor said, I, wanted, I want you guys to go through this workbook. It's called Experiencing God. Anybody ever heard of that or done that? And it was like this first time where really as like a growing human, almost like moving into the stage of life where I'm becoming an adult, I start thinking about this idea of experiencing God. And my thought, like legitimately, as I was thinking back at this, like I, I honestly think that I thought 
that by the time we reach the last chapter of that book, some key would turn in my spirit and something would be different where every day of my life, it was almost like the stories of Adam that we read. From that day on, if I could just complete the Experiencing God workbook, I would, that, from that day forward, just walk with God in a way where I woke up in the morning and I heard God clearly and it was like an audible voice and in every moment, everything would just be that way. Well, that didn't happen. And since then, I've spent tens of thousands of hours reading the Bible, playing music, singing songs, in small groups, sitting in church services, meditating, praying. And in so many ways, I still feel like I'm that little ninth grader about to study the Experiencing God workbook that would unlock something in my spirit where it's just easy to hear God. And it's like, confusing to me sometimes. It's unsettling to me sometimes to devote so much time and energy into the practice of something that we say is so central to our faith and in so many ways still feeling like an adolescent in the process. And if you feel like today you hear God clearly, I just wanna honor that in you. I wanna say that's so amazing. I wanna say that I affirm that. I wanna lift it up today. I want us to celebrate it and that's so good. But I think maybe there are some people in the room today who maybe feel a little bit like that in their lives too. Where it's, man, we've been doing this for so long and I've said so many prayers and I've sung so many songs and I've gone to so many small groups and I come to so many church services and things just still seem difficult. And I know for me, like, there's this tendency when a relationship begins to feel difficult to start feeling like, well, why can't I hear God clearly? Like, is that my fault? Am I not doing it right? And it's easy for me to start feeling a little bit guilty about it. And in that guilt, kind of like trying to distance myself or turn away. And then we start maybe building our spiritual lives around this attempt to relieve ourselves of guilt by praying more, or trying to do it better, or trying to do it right, or singing more songs, or going to more small groups, or filling more of our lives with spiritual practices. And all of those things have such value when they're positioned properly. There's a lot of value to prayer. There's so much wonder and beauty in singing songs to God with other people about him. There's beauty in being able to go to scripture and read it and meditate on it. There's a lot of value in these things when they're positioned properly. But if, like me, you've kind of walked through your spiritual life for so long and you're kind of like, I still feel like I'm at a loss in so many of these things. So what do we do? How do we position ourselves? Where do we go from here? And that's what I want to look at today when it comes to sensitivity. How do we avoid hardening our hearts and our relationship with God? How do we embrace tenderness and sensitivity? How do we stay open to him and before him? In this process of wrestling with God and journeying with him over the whole of our lives is nothing new. It's not unique to me. It's not unique to you. It's not unique to us. In fact, there are characters all throughout the Bible that we see wrestling with these same kinds of ideas. 
David devoted to God the ups and downs of his life, the failures of his life, the mistakes he makes, the people who pursue him, the enemies who try to kill him, the ups and downs of life. And all throughout the Psalms, we see so many Psalms where David is lamenting, crying out from a place of confusion and maybe disillusionment, saying, God, why? God, when? God, how? The whole book of Job is this story of a man who's experiencing unbelievable heartache and pain and tragedy. And all the, all the people around him are saying, what's happening? Why is this happening? And Job has to wrestle through the daily struggle of saying, despite my circumstances, how am I going to position myself before God? Jeremiah, who I want to spend some time talking about today, is literally called now the weeping prophet because of the pain and the ups and downs of his ministry life. God calls him to go to the, the, the nation of Judah and to prophesy over them that famine is coming, that they're going to be taken captive, that they're going to be made exiles. And all up, all through this process, it's up and down and up and down. And, and Jeremiah even initially resists this call. He says, I'm too young. I can't do this. I'm not cut out for it. Well, as he begins doing it, because eventually he steps into it, he's facing persecution. He's facing people who, uh, who, who pursue him and who try to get him to stop what he's doing. And he goes to God with it. And God's response is, you've only just begun to see the things that are going to happen to you. God doesn't say everything's going to be all right. God doesn't say, I'm going to kill all those people or I'm going to keep you safe from them. When Jeremiah goes to God and says, hey, I don't know what's happening, but it's really, really painful. God's response is, it's only the beginning, so get prepared. Jeremiah gets put down a well for a while because people just want him to go away. They throw him in jail. And it's these ups and downs of a life and ups and downs of a ministry. And in Jeremiah 20, he has this moment that's just exceptionally confessional. And he says this, you deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. Like, that's a big statement. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. I mean, think about it. God telling you to go and do something. You do it. You're obedient in doing it. You're pursued. You're taken captive. You're put down a well. You're thrown in jail. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I hear many whispering, terror on every side. Denounce him. Let's denounce him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. And even in the midst of this confessional statement, we see the tension that exists inside of Jeremiah. I've been 
been deceived by you. I've been pained by you. The people around me are trying to destroy me, but there's something inside of my heart. There is a fire inside of my heart that causes me to continue to follow you, to continue to pursue you. This confessional moment is in Jeremiah chapter 20. There are 52 chapters in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah has already lived a ton of life and he has a lot of life ahead of him. And so what does it look like for Jeremiah to experience the ups and downs of life with God where he feels like everything is clear with God, he's moving forward with God, everything is good. And on the other side, these moments where things just seem like they are falling apart. So how will we respond in the midst of silence or pain or agony? Will we harden our hearts? Will we push God away? Will we run away from him? Will we build walls that make us feel safe? I know for me, uh, there's this tendency. When a relationship is confusing or painful, our tendency is to walk away or drive a wedge because it seems way easier. It seems way easier to walk away or turn around or run when things are hard or painful. And in the same way we would do that sometimes maybe in human relationships, do we have a tendency to do that in our relationship with God? When we're walking with God, do we have a tendency when we just feel separated to harden our hearts, to ignore God, to ignore the things that could lead us back into to relationship with him, to make space so that we can commune with God in places of quiet and prayer and reflection? David kind of has some of these same questions in Psalm chapter 13. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And we see such honesty in the heart of David in this moment, in this psalm, in this song that he has written. He is honest before God. It's funny, like a lot of times I'll hear kind of in worship worlds, people talk about the, uh, whether or not a song, a worship song is theologically accurate. It's fine to have the conversation. But then I look at songs like this that David's writing, and it's like, is the point of a song always to be theologically accurate? Or is the point of a song to be an expression of the depth of our emotion and the depth of our desire and the depth of our pain? Can we be honest before God? Or does everything need to be sterilized through the lens of whether or not we think it's right? Can we, in this moment, at the beginning of this service today, when we stopped and paused and asked God, hey, can I hear you or do I feel like I can't hear you? And am I allowed to be honest before you about that? 
Is it okay for me to question God and say, God, I don't understand our communication. The kind of communication you and I seem to have doesn't seem like any kind of communication I would ever find acceptable in relationship with anyone else in the world. Is it okay for me to acknowledge that before God? That when I have a friend, when I'm in a relationship, I expect clarity of communication. I expect to be able to hear clearly. I expect to be able to have a conversation of back and forth. And the way we communicate with God and the way we hear God just seems so different. And sometimes that's confusing. And I think that's what we see in this Psalm of David. God, this is what I thought about you, but I'm confused as to what's happening in my life right now. Where are you in the midst of it? I feel separated from you in the context of this circumstance. What am I to do? Where am I to go? And how long will it take? I want to encourage you today to not feel guilty if anger or confusion are part of your relationship with God. That's what it means to be in relationship. Some days we're going to be mad. Some days we're going to have so many emotions inside of us that the only word we can use to describe how we feel is confused. And that's what it means to be in relationship. It means that we will have days where they're not awesome. But are we staying sensitive in the middle of it? Are we staying tender in the midst of it? Or are we allowing our guilt to harden us so that we don't have to feel it anymore. Because when we feel guilty, it, it moves us away from the people and from our relationship with God. When we feel guilty, guilt pushes us away. I remember growing up, I, my mom probably always is like, what is he gonna talk about every time I say that <laughs> phrase? Growing up, all right, so we'd eat spaghetti. Right? That's what we do growing up. We eat spaghetti. And uh, the, the, the tomato sauce, what is that called that you put on? Marinara. Is it marinara? Is that on pizza? I don't know. Yeah. Ex do you hear what she said? It's called ragu. That's exactly the point of the story, actually. Yeah. She knows where I'm going, I guess. Well, I'll just, I was just going to keep it general, but I'll bring her up now. My mom likes chunky ragu. <laughs> Texture is huge for me. Like, here was my problem. So you have the like chewiness of the noodles, right? The like thin spaghetti noodles. Well, then you pour the ragu on top and when it's chunky, there's like the chunky tomatoes and then they have these little onion particles in them and those are like a totally different texture too. So it's just this amalgamation of textures in my mouth and no joke, I think this is true. I have vivid memories of almost gagging while trying to eat spaghetti. <laughs> so one day we're having spaghetti for dinner and I decide maybe if I can just ask to eat this outside, I can do something with it <laughs> other than eat it, right? So I was like, hey, can I go eat dinner outside, which is obviously a strange request that never had happened before. So I guess fishy from the beginning. Uh, so I go outside and lift up the lid to the trash can and just dump the spaghetti in the trash can. 
don't try to hide it. I don't think I tried to cover it up. And I'm back in the house with an empty spaghetti plate within like three or four minutes. So many thing wrong, things wrong about this tactic. So I show back up. I think there's some question marks. So I don't remember who, probably my dad and I. Go back outside, we do a little hunting, lift up the trash can lid, and there's the spaghetti. I have no memory of what happened after that, but I do remember this. Right, maybe I've suppressed it. I do remember this. The only thing I wanted when I walked back in the house after disposing of the spaghetti because of my own sense of guilt in the moment was to avoid all human contact, right? If I can just like not have to look anybody in the eye, they won't figure out what I've done. Right? And that's what guilt does to us. Guilt separates us from God and guilt separates us from the people in our lives. And that's why I encourage you today with this, to not feel guilt if you feel anger or confusion in your relationship with God. Because in the end, it will only push you farther away. And we see plenty of, of examples throughout the entirety of Scripture who are open and honest with God in the midst of their anger or confusion. And I want to invite you into that same freedom, to find freedom to be honest and open for God. Because when we choose to stay sensitive, it opens the door to continued relationship. So guilt closes the door. It makes us want to avoid. It makes us want to go away. And sensitivity opens us up. It opens our heart. It opens our mind. It keeps our spirit soft. And after David says all this in Psalm 13, how long, how long, how long how do I have to wrestle with this? Look and answer me, God. In verses 5 and 6, at the end of this outcry, he says this, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. And I just want to read this whole thing to you all together. Because those last two lines, we can take them out and we can say, yeah, that's really awesome. But I think they mean something all the more when we read them all together. So you can take that down and you don't need to put the verses back up. I'll just read it. You listen. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. And it's like those last two verses, you can't even say them and be completely honest in light of all the things that he's just said. 
but it's a prayer of sensitivity. It's a hopeful moment that even when all of this stuff is happening, even when I'm being honest before you, and even when I can't say it with 100% honesty, I will trust in your unfailing love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. And so I'm gonna sing your praise because I believe that you've been good and I think you still want to be that for me. And so we hold ourselves in a posture of staying sensitive, even when things seem impossible, even when we feel ripped apart. My word for this year that I shared at the beginning of the year is tenderness. And even already, it's like mid-February, and it's been so wonderful and sometimes so difficult to open ourselves up to feel to open ourselves up to be present with God and with people and to feel the fullness of what it means to be human. And it's true with God and it's true in life that we don't get to experience the highs of life without also risking the lows. That life is meant to be lived passionately. That life with God is meant to be a vast adventure an amazing experience. And some days it'll be amazing. And some days it'll seem nearly impossible. But we don't get one without the other. And I wish that wasn't true. I wish there was another way. I wish it could always be awesome. But it isn't. And it can't be. And I don't know why. And if I was God, things would be different. But I'm not. And so we experience the highs of life with God, and we also experience exceptional lows with Him. I wanted to know more ah, about sensitivity, and so I called my most sensitive friend, Curtis. Uh, and no joke, I called to ask Curtis, Curtis, what is it like to feel everything so deeply all the time? I FaceTimed him, so it was video. And no joke, he turned his FaceTime camera around and pointed it at his wall and showed me what he had been doing that day. Just writing a bunch of stuff that I have no idea what it means. And you don't have to read it, I just wanted to show you this is what people who feel all the time do to the walls of their bedroom. <laughs> Dreams, creativity, hope, identity, truth, lies, shame, I don't even know. Maybe we'll have him explain it sometime. But life, when you're sensitive, when you feel, when you're open, it's so complicated. It turns into diagrams. You have to try to understand what's going on inside of your own life. And so you have to diagram it on your wall. Uh, and, and in the conversation, it was actually really awesome. He said, you know, some days I know what people need and I can be present with them. One of the things they actually said was, I know when somebody needs to be touched. And last Sunday, I was sitting right there, the third row from the last, and I was just sitting there during worship. And I had my head down and Curtis touched my left shoulder, just squeezed it and let go. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment. And that's what sensitivity does. It makes us aware of the things that are happening around us. 
It makes us aware of what's happening in us. It makes us aware of what's happening in other people, and it allows us to be present. And on the other side of it, he said, being sensitive can ruin my day. It can ruin my week. It can ruin my month. And when you're open, there are these wonderful moments where we get to experience life deeply and fully, but there's the other half of it where it can just like totally interrupt life. But one of the things that he said that I wrote down as he was talking is this, healthy sensitivity means finding beauty in every moment. And it can be hard. Life can be hard. We can experience difficult things. We can experience the depth of emotion, but there's still beauty there. God is still present in those difficult moments. And if we stay sensitive, it allows us to see him and know him. And I've been talking to a lot of people this week about hearing God. And it comes to this thing over and over again of just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought I knew. I thought I knew how to hear God. I thought I knew what that was like. And then everything seemed to change. The rules seemed to change. The methodologies seemed to change. The type of communication, the sound of God's voice. I thought I had a box and then it changed and I'm trying to navigate what that means. How do I expand my understanding of what it means to hear God? How do I better understand what it means to be with him and to be in relationship with God? And I don't know the answers for that. And that's what this series honestly is all about of like us exploring that and us asking those questions and thinking maybe we know some things and having a lot of questions about others. But it's my hope that through all the questions, we stay sensitive, we stay listening, we stay ready. Sorry to my other friend, Andre, um, who plays drums back here a lot. And um, he was talking about kind of some of the stuff in his own life and the things that he wants to grow in this year. And he was like, yeah, I just, I want when I show up to like play every Sunday, I just wanna be there. Like I wanna be spiritually there every time I show up to play. And I was like, man, that's awesome. And I hope that can happen for you. I've spent years of my life traveling the world and leading people in worship. And I can tell you that almost every time I walk onto a stage to do that, I'm in a different spot. And some days I'm there, I'm ready, I'm ready to engage. I'm passionate about engaging with God. Some days I don't feel much of that. And I just show up and I do it because I know that I can and I know that God has gifted me with it and I know that something meaningful happens when we get together and sing songs. Some days I just like playing with these people on stage. And there seem to be like all of these faders in my life around this idea but around also so many other things. And they're constantly being turned up and down. God, I'm here and I feel it. God, I love doing this thing and it's super fun to do it with my friends. Like there just seem to be all of these reasons. And I think that's true in so many areas of our relationship with God, that some days we feel it and some days it's awesome and some days it's hard. And some days we're there because it's discipline. And some days we're there because we feel like it. And some days we're there because God just seems super present and pursuing of us. And there's all these faders that just kind of are being turned up and down and it makes life complicated and it makes hearing God complicated. But through it all, again, do we stay sensitive? Because keeping a sensitive heart allows us to encounter God in unexpected ways 
and in unexpected moments. There are a ton of voices in the world who are going to tell you how to do this right. And all of them are wrong. Not because what they're saying isn't true, but because what they're saying is incomplete. There are so many ways that we can hear God. And it's good for us to ask other people who may have some wisdom in this how we do it. And it's good for us to take those things. But no one is going to hear God like you hear God. No one is going to experience God like you experience God. And so we take these little things, not as complete answers to the question, how do we hear God? But as people who are keeping our hearts open and who are remaining sensitive and who have a tenderness toward God and say, God, whatever it is, I want to hear it. However it happens, I want to hear it. And it opens us up to hearing God when we take a breath and we rest and we remain open. And this week I was sitting in my car in the driver's seat thinking about this thing that I'm going to talk about today, that I have talked about today. And I was like, God, like, here, it is. here I am again. If you want to say something to me, say something to me. I'm sitting in the car. There's no one else here. The engine's off. There's no music playing. It's completely silent. I'm 100% open to hearing your voice say something to me right now. And I just sat there. I didn't hear anything. And I continued to sit there. And how easy would it be for the God of the universe to say something audible for me to hear? But he didn't. And I heard kind of in my spirit this phrase. You hear me all the time. And what does it mean to hear God in the sense of justice that boils up in me when injustice is present in the world? What does it mean to hear God when I experience the joy of being pursued by a friend? What does it mean to hear God when my niece Kendall runs up this aisle and just wants to hug me? What does it mean for us to hear God all the time but not feel like we ever hear him? Because that's the thing. And it's not easy and we'll experience really awesome stuff. But we'll also experience really difficult things. And the only option we have is what we do with our heart in the middle of all of it. Are we gonna stay sensitive? Are we gonna build the walls? Are we gonna open ourselves up to continue the relationship and stay tender? Or are we gonna walk away? And that's our choice today. That's our choice for the rest of this year. It's this choice when we ask this question, what do we do when we don't feel it all? I want to invite you to close your eyes again. What do you need to say to God? What's true for you today? What's true for you in this place today? This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. 
To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.